Welcome to the Lorraine Murphy Show. I'm a mentor, four times author, leader of my Bull Darling Mastermind for female entrepreneurs, retreat host, and I've gotten to host this podcast for five years. As with all of my work, this show is to serve female entrepreneurs who want to optimize their energy and their mindsets in order to build the businesses and lives of their dreams. I've walked this entrepreneurial path for 11 years now, and I can tell you that there is a way to have a business you love and still have the space and time for all the other parts of your life that make you, you. Whether your number one priority right now is to scale your business, upgrade your finances, rediscover yourself, find more energy, get more organized, reconnect with yourself, or build a life and or business that's more aligned for you, or all of the above, I am here as your guide on the show to help you make it a reality. Listen in on my dulcet Irish tones as I share tales from the front line of my business and mentoring, behind the scenes insights on how I'm approaching life and business, and speak with brilliant expert guests. Search The Lorraine Murphy Show wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode drops every Friday. Subscribe to make sure you always catch the freshest episodes. Let's dive in to this week's show. Hello and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Lorraine Murphy Show. So I am at the moment right in the middle of opening doors for my bold darling mastermind, which I've been sharing a little bit about on the show over the last few weeks. And as part of my launch this week, I hosted three rounds of a session called the Bold Breakthroughs, a free masterclass that I hosted. And I just thought there were so many nuggets. Hopefully you'll agree when you listen to this episode. There were so many nuggets in there that I just really wanted to get it out to as broad an audience as possible to help as many of you listening as humanly possible with your time management. So that's what I'm doing. So I'm putting the entire masterclass up here as a special bonus episode for you. So let's get into it. So today's session is the time breakthrough. And the reason I wanted to create this session was that some of you may be aware that I ran a five-week, a five-day session last week called the Bull Breakthrough. And in that, I asked people to share what their biggest challenge was when it came to business. And I couldn't believe it. I started getting all these individual emails back. And I, I'd say over half of people said that their biggest challenge was time and how to manage time. So this was meant to be more of like a broader session today. And then I said, now that people obviously really need to dive deeper into this time space. And given my background, so my second book was Get Remarkably Organized. And I've kind of built a bit of a, a label as the organizational queen. So this is very much my happy place, what we're going to be sharing together today. And I honestly could run a full day session on this topic. So what I've really endeavored to do for today is to condense this into the five really most potent, powerful approaches, strategies, tactics that I can share with you today to really help you master time and, 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 and enable you to, to yet to flow more day to day. So ladies, I'm going to ask you to jump into chat just at points today, just to check, because I just want to make sure that obviously everything I'm sharing today is 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 helping you with the current challenges you have. So just jump into chat and let me know what is the biggest challenge that you have when it comes to time. So you will have your playbook that I shared with you before today's session. 
And and in that playbook, I will have already asked you as part of the pre-work, what what are the greatest challenges that you have right now when it comes to time? So maybe it's you feel like you're constantly rushing. Maybe it feels like you just never seem to have enough time to get everything you want to get done done. Maybe things that you are spending time on are aren't necessarily getting you the results or the fulfillment that you want to get. So just jump into chat, tell me what's been what's the biggest challenge that you have yourself with time right now. Um, so while you're doing that, I just want to remind you, so you do have your playbook. I've got it here on screen with me as well. And that is really going to be your BFF for today's session. So there's some models that we'll go through today as well. I'm also going to go at a pretty fast clip. There's a lot that I want to take you on and I really want to be you know, on schedule. I want to finish on time as well. And then if you've got any questions as I'm going through, just jump into chat and drop them into the comments because I can then address them then as, as we go through. And as I said, I will be asking you questions to jump in on chat as well, just to make sure that I'm reading the room correctly and, and really getting a handle on where you're at right now in your, in your life and also in your business. And now I need to be really clear here. I want to, I want to manage expectations very clearly. Nothing. And I think a few of you have followed me for a while now. Nothing that I necessarily share is super earth shattering, earth shatteringly complicated. I really do believe that there is so much opportunity to reach our goals by taking small, consistent steps forward. So everything that I share with you today are actions that you can immediately click into action on pretty much today, or maybe not for you so much, Rebecca, because it's very late for you, for tomorrow. Rebecca can start tomorrow, given that she's the Southern Hemisphere. So it really is these simple, practical things that, and I really do love when I do any trainings like this, that what people will say afterwards is like, I feel like that, that these are things that I can go in action straight away. Like they don't need endless pre-work and revising and comprehensive research. It's stuff that you can go in action straight away. So that is really what I've aimed today at. And <laughs> if you are attending a, a masterclass on time management, I'm assuming that you don't feel like you've got this epic abundance of time. So really with all of my trainings, whether it is in this container that we're in today, the time breakthrough, or if it's in my bold darling mastermind, for example, it's always that the punchy, uh, mo most impactful lessons and learnings that I will be passing on to you because I get it. We don't have time to to, to f around. You know, we we want to get the, the the greatest learnings in the shortest period of time. All right, I'm going to get straight into it. Rebecca has shared biggest challenges with time for you: not enough time and also being constantly tired. Yeah, here you, my love, and yeah. Probably not helping that you're up this late tonight, but I know this is your day off. So as I said, there's five key pillars that I want to take you through today. And these are really, I really put a lot of thought into this over the last couple of weeks as I was preparing today's session to think, you know, what are the the, the five pillars that would really have the biggest impact on, on the group as, as we go through um, this session together today, which is what I'm about to take you through. And um, Amy, your biggest challenge is that you waste your time too much. Perhaps it's a motivation thing, but I end up doing things at the last minute. And I think another reason I think we can get quite caught up in motivation. Obviously, there's a time and a place for it, Amy, and totally get that. What I have experienced myself is that my motivation is very low when I'm not clear on what my next steps are forward. As soon as I get clear, whether it's me kind of going around doing a deep dive of strategy on my own, or it's doing some work with a coach, or it's having a chat with my husband. When I get that clarity, it like it just unlocks so much motivation. And that's why I love working one-on-one, -on -one, particularly with mentees, because to see them get that motivation for that one-on-one -on -one work, it's like, it's like my crack. I love it. All right. So I'd love for you to get your playbook ready, please, because we're going to start jumping into it now. So the first thing that I want to touch on as part of today is 
your mindset. So mindset is the, the the start, middle and end of everything, not just in life. Oh, there's Rebecca. I can see your lovely face. Look at her. She's looking so fresh <laughs> for this time of night. So it really does the start, the middle and the end of anything relating to business comes back to our mindset. And I joke and I, I do wish I'd done it in my first business. I wish that I had tracked my mindset because I can guarantee you when my mindset felt really high, the business was doing really well in terms of revenue. And there's like a lag. I would say there's a lag of probably two months when my mindset started to dip. And then that's when the revenue would would, would lag two, two months later, it would start to dip as well. So time really, so much of it does genuinely come down to mindset. And we all carry these limiting beliefs around like really big, heavy backpacks. And our beliefs around time are going to be shaped from lots of different things, potentially our, you know, our family and how time was talked about and, and discussed in our family of origin. It can be the modeling that maybe we got from our parents, older siblings, other caregivers. It can come from like societal expectations around time as well. And I was just sharing in this morning's masterclass that my mom is the most productive woman I think I've ever, ever encountered. She gets so much shit done. And I think something that was modeled for me and my sister growing up is that you we need to make the most of every minute of time. So if there's five minutes lag between her going out for a walk, for example, she will find something to do with, with those five minutes. So a lot of the conditioning purely personally that I got around time is you need to make the most of and, and constantly be busy and filling time. And then as a result, for many of us, when it does come to potentially we, we start our first business or maybe we have a family or there's more pressures on our time or maybe we've got a promotion in our career, that what can happen then is we need to almost like start to unlearn those lessons that we've had around time, what we've like absorbed almost by osmosis around time. We need to start unlearning that in order to really ch- change our approach to time and, and, and make it flow better for us. So we all have these toxic mindset beliefs around time. So for example, it might be, and and this is an interesting one. I find that I get into toxic mindset beliefs when I say, I always, or you always, or they always, or, or never, you know, I never, or you never, or they never, or it never happens this way. So when I get into absolutes, like always and never, that's usually for me a really good sign that I'm starting to run some kind of negative, toxic, maybe limiting belief when it comes to time. So some of the negative beliefs that we can have relating time might be that we are always rushing. We always come last. We will never make our deadlines in time. We will never get to the bottom of our to-do list. Those absolutes, as I said, are a really good sign that we are getting into mindset gremlins and really blocking ourselves off when it comes to mindset. So some things that we can start to do about that is, first of all, to create some awareness around whatever that belief is that we might be running at that particular time. And and in the playbook, I've asked you to identify what the most toxic belief about time that's currently holding you back is. So does it come down to rushing? Does it come back to that everything is last minute with me? Or does it come down to I will never be as organized as my sister or my mom or that person we follow? I, I follow on Instagram. So just take a moment to think about what is what is the most toxic belief that holds you back from time uh, and, and flowing better with time. So it's generally something like a kind of a, a negative mantra that's running in your head, like I always do this or I never do this. So just have a moment to think about what's the most negative belief that you hold relating to time. And then when you're ready, pop it into your playbook, but also just drop it into chat as well, because it's really, really helpful to know what, where these blocks are, because then... What we can do is we, first of all, build the awareness of what the the belief might be. 
And, and then we can start to take some action on it. And that action is by rewriting that. So how can we reframe that negative belief, essentially? So just jump into chat when you know what your one negative belief and, you know, you don't need to ponder on this too long. It's just whatever comes to mind first and foremost for you, that one that really seems to weigh you down. Just jump into chat and let me know what is it. Rebecca, funnily enough, I never have enough time. Okay, <laughs> That's your one. Thank you for sharing, my dear. So just jump into chat, everyone else, and share what is that one belief for you? Because then we have the opportunity to reframe it. So, And a great way to do that is to start to click into that awareness of what might kind of be going on right now and then create that new story. So the new story for you, Rebecca, for your example, would be there is always enough time. Amy's the same. Yeah, I think that's a really, really common one. The group this morning said the same as well. So a great affirmation that you might want to write down in your playbook is there is always enough time. Or maybe another really lovely one is there is always plenty of time for everything that's important for me to do. So being, being really clear that it's the important things and, and there's like a built-in prioritization to that one. Something I love to do with these affirmations is to write them on post-it notes, stick them on my notebook, stick them on the visor, like the inside of the visor of the car. So whenever I stop at lights, I can flick it down and see it. Another thing, and this is really cool, some of my Bold Island group started doing this when we focused on affirmations as part of Mindset Month earlier on this year. And they actually typed out there, they created like little, just on Canva, little screensavers on their phones and that became their affirmation. So their affirmation was there every time they picked up their phone, which I thought was genius. Another thing you can do is use a whiteboard marker and write your affirmation up on your bathroom mirror or your bedroom mirror. That's also a really, really good one to do as well. So starting to rewrite that story and, 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 and thinking about if you are to release that belief, what might shift and change? For, for those of Rebecca and Amy, you both said yours is not enough time. What the belief that you could choose to believe is that there's always enough time. And what you can find then as you start to really practice that mantra is you start to almost like unlock little pockets of spaciousness in your day. And time genuinely does start to flow a lot smoother as well. Oh, Amy, that's genius. So Amy has her po- uh, her affirmations on post-its above your light switches. That's brilliant. So good. So literally, every time you flick on and off a light, it's there. That's genius. All right. I'm going to move on, friends, because there's a lot I want to take you through today. So hopefully the negative belief, and uh, you can start to see a way through that and how you might get to rewrite that going forward. Now, the second pillar that I want to share with you today is getting really intentional about your week. I have spent a lot of time talking about the best way to plan your week, how to manage your week, all the things. And probably the biggest kind of takeout that I want to share with you today is creating two very different types of time in your calendar week to week. And the first type is maker time. So this is anything that you do that you create within your business without anyone else's involvement. So for me, for example, in my business, that is creating my content. It's designing sessions like today. It's planning out the strategy for my next Bold Darling launch. It is recording podcast episodes. So it's those things that I make within my business. Almost if you think about like the factory of you, what are the things that you are making and producing in your business that aren't... Now, of course, you can have maker time as a collaboration with other people, but generally it's it's the work that you need to get done. It's like your own to-do list if no one else was, was involved. So that's your maker time. And it's really, really important that we create that differentiation because the maker time I find is often the time that gets pushed pushed down the priority list. 
The second type of time that we have is manager time. And manager time is that time that we are with other people. So it may be when you are working with clients, Rebecca, for your business. For me, it is when I'm doing team meetings, I'm doing mentoring, I'm doing a session like this that I'm doing with you right now. This is me in maker mode or manager mode, sorry. So manager mode is when I'm with other people. And as I said, what can often happen, particularly, and I'm going to generalize here like a mofo, particularly for us women, is that we can very much let the manager time dominate our entire calendars because we are raised often to be people pleasers and to keep everyone happy. And we will say yes to a lot of things, even if they take away from our own focuses, our own maker time. So just take a moment to think about what is maker time for you, Amy, I know that you're kind of in the works of creating your business at the moment. You might want to think with this future business concept that you have, what would maker time be in that business and also manager time in that business? Rebecca, this will probably be really kind of recent for you, given that I think you're probably working today. So yeah, you'll be very familiar with what maker time is versus manager time. So just think about what is maker time versus manager for you and just do a little brain dump, just three to five tasks that you do do already or you will do in future that would fit in each of those boxes. I just want to make sure that this is really coming to life for you and and is really, really visible for you. Uh, Louise, I know you're on mute and video off, so I'm hoping yeah, this is all landing for you as well. Obviously, get involved at any point if you want as well. I know that people are kind of driving and doing all the things. So yeah, totally fine for you just to be there. Thank you for joining. So think about what your maker time is and think about what your manager time is. And then when you're ready, jump into chat and just give me an example of one of each for you and your current business or your future business. So one example of what is maker time for you and one example of what manager time is for you. So just hop into chat just to sense check this and make sure that's landing for you as well. And as you're doing that, I want to share four golden rules <laughs> to really protecting this manager and maker time within your week. So the first thing is to do your absolute utmost to keep them separate. I know that this does not come easily. If you haven't been operating with manager versus manager schedule in the past, then it can be more challenging to start to kind of find the start from scratch. I'm like starting that build that house from scratch. Manager versus maker time is something that I've been aware of now for say about six or seven years. So over time, my calendar has evolved to reflect each of them and it starts to become more and more separate each time. So if you can at all, please do keep them separate. It is a surefire way to sending yourself into crazy land and overwhelm land if you try and squeeze them into the same, like the same hour. So I might have an hour whereby I have a quick chat with Sam, my operations manager, and then I run off and try and create like my Insta post for today. So, you know, as you can see, I've gone from manager time to maker time there and and then jump on a call with a mentee who needs an, an SOS call, which is manager time again, and then get into maker time, which is where I, I plan out my next masterclass for my Bold Darling Mastermind, for example. That is crazy making because you're accessing two very different types, two very different sides of your brain. So it gets really exhausting, really draining, and really neither side gets the best of you. So if at all possible, do try keep them separate. The second golden rule is to try again, if you can, to make maker time the number one priority. Because as I said, what other people need from us, us often gets the priority, which is why we get sucked, sucked into our email 
inbox and we don't get to actually do the the, the jobs that we need to get done on our, on our own list day to day. So if, as much as possible, try prioritize the maker time. I like to think of it like paying, paying yourself first. And something I shared with the group this morning was the whole idea of, I think my friend Melissa Ambrosini shared it with me years ago. And she said something she is doing to try and increase, she was doing back then a few years ago, was to try and increase the amount of content she was creating was before she went and consumed anyone else's content was to first create her own content. So I think that's what maker time is. It's like, okay, let's prioritize your work before you go on and prioritize the, the work that other people need from you or with you. Third golden rule is a small chunk is better than no chunk at all. <laughs> so even if you find 10 minutes of maker time on a Friday morning initially, that is better than not finding it at all. And as I said, over time, then your calendar will evolve and you will find that those, those chunks um, expand and you find, you find more and more of that, of that maker time week to week. And, and the last thing is it's an evolving beast. You know, this isn't going to be something that overnight you're like, okay, Monday's maker time and then Tuesday's manager time and Wednesday's manager time. And then I'm back into maker time Thursday and then Friday's manager time. You know, it's not necessarily going to be that possible for most of us. I mean, it wouldn't be possible for me to be that religious and compartmentalized about it. So it's just giving yourself the grace that this is going to be a work in progress. And if I was starting anywhere, if I had never thought about this before, I would start with, first of all, getting an hour of maker time in somewhere in the week. And you can start to feel what it feels like to, okay, I'm finding flow. I didn't have any distractions. I paid myself first. I started the day feeling like an absolute rock star because I got that hour done. And then over time, you can run that almost like expand that positive feedback loop to include even more maker time. And generally I will find, I mean, obviously I get to work very, very closely with business owners in my my role between my one-on-one mentoring, Bell Darling Mastermind, doing ad hoc sessions like this, and obviously in my Insta and my podcast as well. And I find that the biggest complaint that business owners have when it comes to this area is there it's 95% manager time and 5% maker time, if even less. So it's really about prioritizing that maker time and making it happen and feeling the, 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 posit- the positive feedback loop, as I said, that you get from that. So Rebecca, you've said that maker time for you is learning and development time, yet yeah, training, building your skill set. Yes, manager, admin, notes, referrals, et cetera. Yes, yeah, exactly. And being in those sessions as well. Amy, maker is scripts, recording, editing, creating. Yes, you're nailing it. And managers, coaching and workshops. Yeah. Perfect. Rebecca, that would be a game changer for me, those small periods of time. Constantly put it off because I feel like it needs hours and then I inevitably run out of time and don't do it. Small chunks. Yeah. I like to think about little sips, little sips of maker time done intentionally. And you will, as I said, you'll start to feel the benefit and you'll want to do it even more. All right. I'm going to move on. So the third pillar that I want to talk about today as part of the time breakthrough is delegation and outsourcing. And I think there's a bit of a, a myth in entrepreneurial circles that you can't start outsourcing, you can't start delegating until you've hit a certain kind of point of, I don't know if it's revenue or team members that you can't actually start doing it until we've always got this like kind of perception of, oh, well, I'll do it when I will outsource then at this point. And what I think what's really important to remember, and actually it's funny, Rebecca, that I'm sharing this because I remember landing in um, Melbourne airport years ago when I was running my first business and I was getting the sky bus into the city and there was a huge billboard as there always is near airports. And it was from a, an Australian bank. I can't remember which one. And it said behind every, behind every success story is a support story. And I really resonated with that message because it is impossible for us to build the businesses that we want to build if we are trying to do it all by ourselves. And 
you know, as I said, there doesn't need to be this kind of line of the sand where well, when I hit that amount of revenue, then I will go and I will actually make this delegation piece happen. There's a wonderful member in the Bell Darling group. She's been there since it started in April last year. Her name is Lauren and she's created this incredible business. It's called Zone. And it's an app that supports teen and tween. I never know exactly what a tween is. So like 10 to 14 year olds with positive psychology. So it's an app that they get a positive affirmation every day. There's really uplifting content in there. And she's the mom of four kids. And her whole point is that there's so much heaviness and negativity on, you know, online for, for, for kids this age. She wants to balance the scales out with some positive content. Really, really incredible app. And she's, she's amazing. I absolutely adore her. And so what she realized, we had support months. So every month in Bull Darling, we've got like an annual curriculum. And each month we have a, a particular focus. So last year, I think it was in November last year, we had support month, which is where we really dived into identifying where you need support in your business and how you go about finding that support. We've got that month coming up again in a couple of months this year. And at that point, Lauren was pre-revenue. The app wasn't even launched yet, but she was trying to populate it with all this great content. So she went and found herself a content creator who works for four hours each week in her business and works in line with Lauren's brief and has been that person who does that that initial collating of content into the app, which then Lauren reviews and finesses, and then she sends it live within the app. So Lauren's been doing that for, Jesus, almost a year now. She's been doing it since that session in November last year. And it's been an absolute game changer for her because it's only four hours that she's investing each week. But it's four hours of her time that she's essentially buying back to work on things like brand partnerships and the, the strategy for the app. Uh, she's into like 2.0. She's at a beta very phase now. I can't remember what the next phase is, but it's like actually out there in the real world now. So that's where Lauren's head needs to be, not on, you know, scouring the internet for really, really great content. So I just wanted to dispel that straight away that you don't need to hit this invisible line or oasis in the sand for you to start investing in in outsourcing and outsourcing can be a lot more affordable than you think it is and we're going to share I'll, I'll work through a little exercise with you in a minute on that as well a few years ago i interviewed an incredible entrepreneur rebecca you'll be familiar with glasshouse fragrances so there's beautiful candles that are in a lot of like pharmacies and gift stores and so on and i think they are in the uk as well amy i know nicole the owner the founder is actually in the US. She moved to the US four years ago to, to break the US with the brand and she's doing an incredible job. She's just an incredible woman. And I interviewed her for my podcast and she was sharing with me that she had increased revenue in her business 50% year on year for the previous five years of her business. And I said, you know, how did you plan? Because obviously so much of that is growth. Like that's new team members joining pretty much consistently. And I said to her, how did you do that? You know, how did you know who to hire and when to hire them? And she said, you know, Lorraine, I just went where the pain was. I never had like, this is the org structure for this month. And then in six months time, it's going to be this. In a year's time, it's going to be this. In five years time, it's going to look like this. She said, I just went where the pain was. So if there was pain in the warehouse, I hired a warehouse manager. If there was pain in sales because we weren't converting enough accounts, I hired another sales rep. So she just went where the pain was. And I think that is such a great way. It just simplifies it so much. And in your playbook, you'll see you've got a table there. On the left-hand side, it's what you want to do less of in your business. And on the right-hand side, it's what you want to do more of in your business. You've probably heard the whole term zone of genius bandied around a bit. And that's the things that you do in your business that feel easy. You look forward to doing them each day when they're on your to-do list. 
and you just rip through them like it's just easy. It sounds to me, Amy, from what you're talking about, the scripts, the recording, editing, like that would be your like almost like your happy place is your zone of genius. And what we want to do as business owners is try and orientate as much as possible our time towards that happy place as opposed to the unhappy place. <laughs> so it's almost like the sad face place is the place that we, you know, it's most definitely not our zone of genius. And if I think about that for my business, you know, my unhappy place within my business is reviewing legal contracts. It's anything to do with like the fun bit of finance, like setting goals and making money and, and hitting those goals. And I like paying people every month. I don't enjoy the nitty gritty of, you know, bookkeeper queries and uploading receipts like it just makes me feel sick and itchy. Like I just hate it. I hate reviewing legal contracts. Like it's a bit of a, I wouldn't say it's a running joke in our relationship, but Wade is pretty much like the COO of our business, of our home when it comes to admin. Cause I just, I'm like allergic to it. I hate it. And um, so it's really about trying to orientate your business in a way that you get to be in your zone of genius as much as humanly possible. And as I said, you know, perfect example with Lauren, even if it's getting someone in your business four hours a week, that's going to take that real like, ah, the yuck stuff off your shoulder, off your plate. That is absolutely game changing because what you will, you will know this, you don't need me to tell you, is that when there are things that you really enjoy doing in your business, you, you don't procrastinate on them. You get them done really quickly. You enjoy doing them. You do them well. Whereas when there's the things that you don't enjoy in your business, it's the opposite. They sit there on your to-do list potentially for weeks on end. They lower your vibration. It just feels heavy and shit. So getting handing over the more shit bits of your business means that you also, there's like a double win in it, is that it then raises your frequency in your business. You feel more energized and the whole business hums together so much better. I talk a lot about this, that businesses run off the energy of the founders. So if your energy is being dragged down by doing shit that you hate, like when I first started my business, I did my own bookkeeping, like, why? Why, Lorraine? Why? That was the very, very first thing that I outsourced. And um, it just lowered my whole vibe. You know, when I got rid of that and I had someone who was actually good at it and wasn't making shitloads of mistakes, which is what I was doing, the whole business started to, to pull together so much better. So I really invite you, if there's things in your business that you don't enjoy doing that drag your energy down just hand them over because it's not just a monetary win of buying back your time. It's buying back your energy and your bandwidth and the joy, you know, it's that, that sense of joy that we get from our businesses. Like you cannot put a price on that. So I'd love for you to jump into your playbook. Let's just do this as a really quick kind of initial brain dump. And obviously you can come back to this playbook whenever you want to, it's yours to keep from here. So just think about what you want to do less of in your business and what you want to do more of in your business. Just take a moment to identify that. Amy, two people in your life who are keen to support when the time is right. One will be my accountant and the other is an administrating expert. I'm looking forward to getting them on board. Yes, so good. And I think there is a lot to be said, you know, for the first, I don't know, weeks, months, years, I started getting people on board within two months of, you know, touching it and feeling it yourself. But I think once you understand your own business, I think then it's time to, to start handing over that stuff. So think about what are the things you want to do less of and what are the things that you would like to do more of in your business. All right. So now I want to help you work at your early rate. So Rebecca, this is going to be easier for you, given that you've got an established business. Amy, what I suggest you do 
is that you have, I'm assuming you've got some kind of a rough target of what you would like to do revenue-wise in your first business. You know, maybe it's 10,000, 20,000, I have no idea. Maybe it's $100 or 100 pounds. So just think about what your target is for your first year in business and use that. Just make one up right now on the fly if you need to. I'm a big fan of pulling my my early targets out of my bum when I need to. (laughs) And then I retrofit them back to how I can make them happen. So a few different steps we're going to do. And for anyone watching, listening back, just listen to this. I'll step you through it. So first thing you want to do, and this is all in your playbook, is to identify what your annual revenue is. So if you've got an existing business, that's your annual revenue right now. If you've got a business that you're working on, let's just take a figure that that would be a target for your first year in business. All right, step one, get that figure. Second thing then you want to do is divide your annual revenue by 52. So either that's target or an existing existing revenue figure. That then is going to get you your weekly revenue figure. Okay, so once you've got the weekly revenue figure divided by 52, then you want to identify what are the average number of hours a week that you work. So if this is a a planned business, maybe you're planning on spending two days a week on it initially as it gets going, in which case you would do, I'm just going to say roughly, roughly 16 hours. I don't know, maybe I know a lot of people work like school hours, for example, if they've got kids. So the average hours that you work, pop that in there, work per week. And then what I want you to do is divide that figure in line B, so that weekly revenue, divide that by the hours that you on average work a week in your business. And whatever that figure that pops out the other end and completely fine, if you need to grab your phone, phone or calculator to do that. I saw a calculator on my husband's desk the other day. I'm like, what are you doing with a calculator? Who has a calc? I didn't even know he brought a calculator from Australia. I'm like, why did you ship a calculator all the way here when you've got one on your phone? Anyway, I need to actually ask him about that. I saw it the other day. I was like, why? Why? So whatever figure you get in line D, that is your hourly rate. And how I see that, once you get to your hourly rate, that almost becomes that benchmark that if you can hand things over in your business for less than that, that's you start to do that. So, and interestingly, we had systems and organization. We've done it twice now within Bold Darling in the 18 months the business, the, the group has been going. And each month I do a, a masterclass, which is where I exactly like this. This is like a Bold Darling masterclass that we're doing today. So I do the masterclass. And then later on, then that month, we have our expert workshop. Expert comes and talks about that particular topic. So I think everyone was expecting me when we did systems to talk about like the systems I use in my business. And what I actually talked about was systemizing at home, because I know that if you can buy back time, headspace, bandwidth at home, it gives you so much more time, space, bandwidth, energy in your business. So I actually focused my entire masterclass on that. And I think, yeah, they were pretty surprised, but it was really interesting seeing the aha moments that people had as part of that and what people went on to implement and make happen. So for example, let's say your hourly rate is $80 or 80 pounds, depending on what country you're dialing in from right now. Louise, I'm not sure where you are. You have an hourly rate of like 80, I'm just going to say 80, 80, 80 pounds, 80 pounds an hour. And then you know that you can find a cleaner to clean your home for like 15 pounds an hour. And I'm just making this, I'm not sure what, what cleaners are in the UK, what the going rate is at the moment. Like it doesn't make sense for you to spend four hours a week cleaning your house if you could actually outsource that to someone else to do for you. And similar for bookkeeping, similar for admin and so on. So getting that hourly rate clear, and obviously you can come back and revisit this as your workouts change and your revenue changes is a really, really good place to start. But as I said, please remember, you're not just buying back your time, you're also buying back your energy and your bandwidth. And just see, Rebecca, you said, I do outsource the things I hate, bookkeeping, et cetera, but I struggle that I've never been so acutely aware of what I'm earning. I find it harder to spend money than ever. Yeah, get it. Absolutely get it, my dear. And let's talk about that some more today if if we've got time towards the end as well. 
So when you kind of joining our two exercises together on this topic, if you go back and look at your tabler and what you want to do less of, and then you say, okay, how much could I, how, how much would it cost me to outsource one, two, three of the items on that list? And is it possible to do that for less than my hourly rate? It's a really, really good quality question to, to ask yourself. Okay, my dear, I'm going to take a quick pause from this bonus episode to introduce you to another one of our brilliant, bold, darling members. Elke Honish is the founder of Power Body for Life, an online platform which provides support to pre and postpartum women who are looking to train safely, both into their pregnancy and post-pregnancy. Elke was one of the founding members of Bold Darling back in April last year when the group began. And I'll leave her to say what she thinks you should do if you're thinking about joining Bold Darling. What I would say to someone who is thinking about joining Bold Darling is that if you look for accountability, if you look for a safe community, a community and environment that lifts you up and cheers you up no matter what's going to happen, and of course, if you already know Lorraine a little bit and really enjoy the work, the vibe and the energy she's doing, then Ball Darling is for you. Thank you so much for your kind words, my lovely Elke. I massively appreciate it and love having you as part of the Ball Darling group and the touch of Austrian slash European flair you bring to the group. Let's get back into this bonus episode. All right, I'm going to power on. The fourth pillar to talk about is procrastination. Whenever I do shout outs on Instagram or my Dear Lorraine episodes on the podcast, and I say, you know, what's your biggest challenge right now when it comes to time or organization or whatever it might be, inevitably, at least a third of people will come back and say procrastination, that that is the, by far their biggest, biggest challenge. And I think what's important to remember is that, you know, we can really berate ourselves. We can say, oh my God, you know, you said you would do this two weeks ago and you still haven't done it, Lorraine. And why haven't you done it? Ah, all the kind of inner mean girl crap that comes up for us, as Melissa Ambrosini would say. And I think what's important to remember is that procrastination when we're doing it, even if we don't realize we're doing it, it's our ego's way of keeping us safe. So maybe we're procrastinating and I'm, I'm going to talk to a few of the different reasons that we do procrastinate in a second. But it's our ego's way of saying, okay, well, if we just don't do it and we don't put ourselves out there, then we will stay safe and everyone is okay and everyone's happy. So I think what can really help when we are procrastinating, I know I do this a lot, is to, sounds batshit crazy, but to thank the procrastination, say, you know, thank you for keeping me safe, but I need to get this done now and acknowledge it, like giving it a name and, and seeing what it is doing can really help put it back in its box. It's a tip that I actually learned from Elizabeth Gilbert, the author, and she talks about when fear comes up for her during her creative process, when she's writing her brilliant books, she says, okay, fear, thank you, but not today. I don't need you today. And then fear kind of goes back and crawls into the corner. <laughs> she gets unblocked with her, with her writing. Oh, Rebecca, it's from parts therapy. Ah, I haven't even heard of that. One of my annual mentees is actually a psychologist. So her and I have some really good conversations about the content that I share because she gives me the background, just like you've done there. Cool. Thank you. And so some different reasons that we procrastinate. I think this is really helpful because when we are procrastinating, we can go, okay, which one am I doing? Is it one, two, three, four, five? Okay, let's move on. So five reasons that we can procrastinate. First of all, this, and I find this is probably the most common one, is we don't know how to do something. So maybe it's our first time doing it. Maybe we haven't done it that many times before. So we will often procrastinate if we just don't know how to do it. 
The second reason that we can procrastinate is that it's just too big. Like just looking at it, it's just like, it's too big. And I know for me, creating these bold darling launches. So as you're all aware, I've got, well, hopefully if I do my job properly, you're aware that doors to my bold darling mastermind are open at the moment. And that's a really big job twice a year. Like it's a huge amount of content, it's emails, it's Insta, it's creating hopefully awesome experiences like this for you all. And it's massive. And I procrastinate like a mofo on it because it just feels so big. So the first thing I need to do is say, okay, Lorraine, just write your strategy. Just write your strategy. You don't have to do anything else. Just write the strategy and then do the next thing and then the next thing. So we can really get overwhelmed and procrastinate a lot if it just feels too vast, whatever it is that that we need to do. The third reason that we will procrastinate is if it's just boring. Like if we just look at it and go, oh, it sounds like me and Rebecca are similar, similar anti-fans of bookkeeping. You know, when we look at that on our list, we just feel like, ugh, can't be bothered. And we do all the fun stuff instead, first and foremost. The fourth reason that we can procrastinate uh, is that we feel intimidated. Uh, maybe it's by the task at hand. You know, there's that level of like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it properly. But it can also be the people that we need to engage with as part of that. Not now, thankfully, because I run my own business. But in the past, when I worked in PR, and there were certain clients who frankly scared the absolute bejesus out of me. Like I was really, really intimidated by them. So whenever I had work to do for them on my list, I would go, I'll deal with the nice clients first and then I'll go to the scary ones. So we can just feel intimidated by the people involved, uh, the situation involved, maybe the level of risk involved is quite high. You know, for me, I sink an entire, you know, six weeks into creating these launches. So there's risk in these that if, you know, I don't land and I don't serve, you know, really help and serve people how I want to, that maybe they won't join Bold Darling. And then they, you know, I feel like, oh my God, that was just such such a huge amount of work. So there's risk inherent in, in everything as well. Except that whole idea of everything, there's an opportunity cost attached to everything. A fifth reason that we can procrastinate as well is if there is potential built-in rejection, if there is a chance that we someone can say no to us. So we will especially find this when it comes to sales. And that's why I'm such a big fan of follow-up Friday. So we just had abundance month in Bell Darling a couple of months ago. And one of the tips that I gave everyone is follow-up Friday. Really simple. Every Friday, just look at all the people that you're waiting to hear back on inquiries, proposals, whatever you might have sent out and follow them up. And what I shared, and if I'm not sure if, if anyone watching back or watching live as part of the bull breakthrough last week, this was my number one tip when it came to sales is that the average person needs 11 interactions before they will actually sign up to go and do the thing that you're talking to them to do or buy the product that you're talking to to them about. So it's a really big challenge that if we only follow up once or twice, then we're leaving so much on the table in terms of potential revenue and making, you know, also, also new customers super, super happy. So a really great thing to do, and I'm going to share with you my embarrassing tip that I do when I find I'm sitting at my desk and I'm procrastinating like a mofo and I'm just not getting it done. There's something that I will do. And it was actually a a tool that was shared with me by my business coach, Ronan, many, many years ago. And he was a black belt in karate. Yes, I think so. Or Aikido. Aikido, I think it was. And he had this incredible tools that he would teach me. So this tool that he taught me was actually about energy, like building energy. So if you feel a bit flat, a bit like this is something that you can do to really build your energy very effectively. Um, But I actually use it now to get out of procrastination. I find it really, really helpful because what it does is we get into like a pattern of procrastination. We're like, oh, I'm just not going to get it done. And then you start like 
procrasta emailing and procrasta scroll, scrolling and Instagram and all the things. And we don't actually get to, to do the thing that we said we would do. So I really love a pattern interrupt. Rebecca, you're probably all over pattern interrupts giving your work as well. And uh, so how do we interrupt the pattern? So I'm just going to give you a demo. I'm wearing headphones. So I'm hoping this goes okay. So what you do is I'm just going to talk through for anyone who's listening back as well. So you stand uh, with your legs apart. So stand up straight. You stand with your legs apart. And what you do then is you raise your arms up over your head as you inhale. So move your arms up alongside each of your each of your sides. Is that making sense? And you inhale and then you bring your hands together. I love that. Amy's going along with me. I love it. And you get your hands almost like into a karate chop, right? High above your head. And then what you do is I'm trying to do this during my headphones. You go dive down between your legs, like between your knees and you go and you put your head down. So you go and ha. And you do that three times in a row. And I promise that is all you will need. It is so energizing. I actually feel when I, even now after doing that kind of two half ones sitting down here talking to you today, I can feel the energy. Like it really does get your energy going. So if you're finding yourself in that, you know, that like, ah, just like quagmire of procrastination, that's a really, 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 really great tip to use. It, It just breaks that pattern really easily. Okay. The fifth pillar that I want to talk to you about today is finding time. So the last thing we want to do is, you know, as I was saying, find it, trying to pack something into every minute, but there are definitely ways that all of us waste time. Like we're not using our time proactively and efficiently. And, and there's opportunities to, to find time. And a great way to do that is to think about time swaps. This month in Bell Darling, we have Profile Month and we had Amanda Williams, who specializes in personal branding for CEOs and entrepreneurs. And she was our speaker last week. And she was saying she was, it's Q&A style. It's quite informal as we do these expert workshops. And I said, you know, what's the time commitment do you think that someone should be putting into their personal brand if it's an area that they're trying to grow at the moment? And she said, I recommend five to seven hours a week. And I could see some members of the group going, oh my God, that is so much time. And I said to Amanda, you know, that does seem like quite a bit of time. And she said, yeah, but you know, question for all of you. And she was so like sassy. And she said, if this is a problem for you, she said, I want you to think about how much time do you spend doom scrolling on Instagram and Facebook? You know, how much time are you wasting actually consuming other people's content instead of working on your own content? And it goes back to that thing that I talked about there a few minutes ago around creating our own content before we start consuming anyone else's. So I thought that was really, really clever. And it's I actually added that into the playbook from today for today, because I think it's interesting to think about what are the simple time swaps that we can make. So for me, for example, if I spend less time on Instagram, I can find more time to meditate, which is a really, really important practice for me. It makes a huge difference for me. And I kind of already noticed when I stopped doing it, how, how much it was actually helping me. So thinking about, you know, what are the time swaps that you right now, what are things that you're spending time on right now that could potentially get swapped out for something that would be more constructive for, for your time? I'd love for you to think about those of you who are live on the session right now, what is something that you do right now that you could, as I said, create that time swap and do something that that serves you a lot more. Just jump into chat and share. I think it's always great. And that's why I love you know, tutorials and group sessions like this, because you actually get to learn from each other and it's, you bounce off each other so beautifully as well. So what are the swaps? What could you swap out and instead swap in that will get you closer to your goals, whether that's growing your business like you are, are Rebecca, or for you, Amy, you're getting your started. So Rebecca, social media, maker time, yet yeah, learning things that I actually care about. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love it. So those time swaps, isn't it? There's a space in your playbook there to start identifying them and popping them in there. 
So just as we, Amy saying, you're a doom scroller, gotten to doing it more lately than I used to. I'm going to use the standing karate chop to get to my maker, maker task. Yeah, use it. It's really, really good. And as I said, it just breaks that pattern so, so beautifully. I feel like if anyone's listening back to this, I need to do like a tutorial on my Insta Reels. <laughs> They're probably like listening, going, uh, Lorraine, what you talking about? What you talking about? So yeah, I need, to, I need to pop something up on my Insta demonstrating that hack. It's a really, really good one. I, I, t- I taught it to a lot of mentees. So as I said, as we are going through today, this we're very much focusing on time today. This is pretty much what a masterclass is in Bull Darling. And obviously, those of you who are alive, you've got businesses that you're either working on or you are going to go on and build. So I want to share a little bit with you about the Bull Darling model and how it all works. Just so you've got, if you've got any questions, obviously, I'm here now. We're, we're live. I can answer them. So we have a monthly curriculum in the group and there's a theme for each month. So I've just touched on a few like this month. We had profile month. Next month coming up in October, we've got communication month because effective communication is such a fundamental part of effective relationships, whether that's in business or maybe more so personally as well. And we've also got iteration month coming up, which is where we get shit done. You know, we make the key things happen. We've got mindset month coming up. We're going to come back into support month again, which is where we'll probably tap into a lot of what I've already kind of activated as part of today's session as well. We're also going to be focusing on well-being, which I haven't actually done in Bull Darling yet, surprisingly. So really focusing on you know, how can we create that holistic, uh, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual well-being in order to have the energy and the clarity and the focus to show up in our businesses, how, how we want to show up in them. And and then each month we have a monthly masterclass. So as I said, this is an example of one of them. And then a week later, then we have our tutorial. So that is a live session where you get to ask me all the questions. My intention from that session is very much to get you unblocked so that you can kind of sail off after that session, feeling like you've got max clarity and you're really in a position to go in and implement and apply the different lessons that we have unlocked as part of that masterclass. Then we have our expert workshop, which is pre-recorded. So that's a bit of a, a change in the model from the 1st of October. And the reason for that is I really want to make Bull Darling as accessible as possible. So it just means now with the changes that no matter where you are in the world, um, looking at you, Amy, obviously being in the UK, that you can still dial into Bull Darling. I've added an extra tutorial each month, which is on Euro American Canadian friendly time. And there'll also be a second round of the quarterly planning days as well. And I have to say, I think the quarterly planning days are my absolute favorite because that's when we review the previous quarter, we plan the next quarter, and we have this thing called get shit done time. So it's generally we're together for four and a half hours. And generally for the last like 45 minutes to an hour, we have get shit done time. So that's where everyone has to pick. They've done their quarterly plans and everyone has to pick one thing that they know that if they went back into the real world, this is something that they will procrastinate on and they won't make happen. And then we switch off our videos, switch off mic, and everyone goes away and works on that one thing. And then we all come back together towards the end. And it's just so cool seeing how much lighter people are as a result of having that having that first thing done. Because it means you go back then into the office, the, the real world, as I said, tomorrow, and you've already got momentum on your, on your quarterly plan. So it's, it's, it's really, really cool. And in terms of the financial commitment, so it is, Amy and Tony, you'll need to just kind of track back to, to pounds on this. It's 297 Australian dollars a month, but there are epic savings if you invest upfront. So if you invest over three months, you save 10%. If you invest over six months, you save 16%. And if you invest over 12 months, you save 22% as well. So it's pretty, pretty epic savings on that as well. 
And um, so I think in terms of who Bull Darling is for, I always get asked this question. I just want to touch on it here before we finish up. I think it works best for two different camps. So one camp is, and actually those of you are like, quite a few of you are ex- exactly in this. And you have a business idea that you're ready to make happen. You're kind of beyond the stage of, I want to start a business, but I'm not sure what. You know what the business is. Bell Darling is awesome for that because it becomes like a, what is it? An an incubator for that. And then the second camp that it works really well for is established businesses that might be running, you know, a year or two plus and the founder wants to grow it. So it's, again, it's like an accelerator in that sense for the, for those businesses. So that's a very, very quick snapshot of Bull Darling. As I said, I think you've probably been following a while. You're probably familiar with it, but I did just want to take the chance to talk about the differences in it because it is a lot more accessible now because um, the investment has also come down by a third, which is huge. So I know there's a lot of people joining this week who've been kind of sitting on the sidelines at past launches and it just wasn't the right time. And now they're like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm good to go. Kind of goes back to that thing that we're talking about, that the average person needs 11 touch points in order to, to say yes and sign up for the thing, whatever the thing might be. So from here, it's a couple of things that I want to ask you. First of all, what was your greatest breakthrough? This is obviously for, for those of you here live with me. What was your greatest breakthrough for t- from today? So breakthrough slash aha moment slash realization. Maybe it's something that I said that you went, oh my God, yes, that really resonates. Maybe it's something that you've realized as you've been working through this and we've gone through the playbook that you've gone, this is something I need to focus on more or I could focus on more, something that would make a huge difference. So just jump into chat, those of you live. And tell me what's been one thing that's been a really big breakthrough for you as part of today. Amy, <laughs> I love at the standing karate job. I love that she's like demoing it here again on the session, going to use it to stop me procrastinating and doom scrolling. And Amy, just use that just as I said, the original reason that my coach taught me that was for energy, energy boosting. So please do use it just if you're ever feeling just a bit flat. I've done that in so many toilets before I go on stage. I can't even tell you. Or, you know, before I go and, and, and run a presentation, before I get on mentoring sessions, I do it all the time. It, it is like having a cup of coffee. It's really, really great. Rebecca, your biggest breakthrough, smaller chunks of maker time and realizing your average hourly rate is lower than I realized. Interesting. Okay. So I think that's when you start to think about prices and price increases and really starting to create that gap between what's coming in the door and what what's actually staying with you. I think that's that's a really, really key thing. We talked a lot about price increases actually in Abundance Month a couple of months ago in Bull Darling. And there was someone in the group and I was going to say she would remain nameless, but then I totally called her out on the group session and she was so embarrassed. It was in, in a good way. It was funny. She's had her business for 15 years and she'd never, ever increased her prices. So you can imagine like there's some massive ground that she needs to make up and she's already making it up because I think the key thing as well, and Rebecca, this may help you for where you're at right now is a really the softer place to land when it comes to increasing your rates is with new clients coming in and then almost more, more gradually then transition existing clients onto whatever your new offer, like more gradual increases. So I've navigated that a lot, particularly with one-on-one mentees and it is possible and I cannot tell you how fecking good it feels when you were doing the same job, but getting paid more. It's like that's your entrepreneurial utopia. And you will continue, you know, even when you do put your prices up, you'll put them up again, you put them up again, you put them up again. It's an ever evolving beast. Obviously, if we're doing a job properly and charging what we're worth, because every year you get better at what you do. I think that's the thing to remember as well. You know, you get better each year. Therefore, your rate should increase each year as well. All right, my dears, we are just on time. Look at that. We are an efficient bunch together. How good is that for a time management session? 
So thank you so much for joining. This was really, really, really fun. I love, love the time with you all. And for those of you watching or listening back, hello, thank you for joining as well. And of course, if you've got any questions at all about Bell Darling, just hit me up on email. You can reply to any of the emails that I've sent you for today. And also just jump into Instagram. I'm at Lorraine Murphy Mentor. So just jump into Insta. I feel like both your names are familiar. Those of you who've been chatting, I think you're quite familiar to me on Insta. So um, yeah, jump into chat and say hello as well. All right, my dears. Thank you so much for joining today. Have loved the time with you. Hopefully we'll chat again very soon. Bye. There you have it. My bonus podcast episode for you this week, the time breakthrough. As I mentioned, Ball Darling Doors are closing this Thursday night, Thursday 28th of September. So please do hit me up on DM at Lorraine Murphy Mentor on Instagram if you've got any questions at all about it. And what I would really invite you to do if you've been listening to this episode going, oh, sounds really good. I like Lorraine's vibe. I like the content. This could be really good. But you know, time, money, all the things, I would really just invite you to ask yourself when I open doors again in six months time, and I won't be opening it till then again, just ask yourself what would future you have achieved in six months time with the kind of support, the kind of training and the kind of strategy that I can offer you as part of the Bold Darling Mastermind. So I'll leave you with that question and I'll be back again this Friday with our usual episode. I loved having you join me for this week's episode. Please do connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor and visit my website lorrainemurphy.com.au for tons of free resources and my reading list of all my favorite books. It would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe and share episodes you love with those that you love. Thank you for listening. Thank you.